0: This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. Live from the underground lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q.
1: And here we are, Raider Nation. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is our one-stop shop every single Monday night. Prepare for Monday night football. Tonight on the docket is the Miami Dolphins and the New Orleans Saints. I think this is the game that a lot of Raider Nation will be paying attention to as the Miami Dolphins are still in the mix as well as the, in the playoff hunt. And, of course, with the victory on Sunday against the Denver Broncos, AFC West Division foe Denver Broncos. The Raiders are clearly still in the mix And I remember sitting here just a couple weeks ago. No, actually, you know what? I was sitting at another location a couple weeks ago, right before the Raiders took on the Kansas City Chiefs. And I remember someone texted in on the Salmon Ash text line and said, I think if they lose against the Chiefs, they'll be on no problem. They can run the table. They can win four in a row. And I did not believe it. I have no problem saying that. I did not believe that they could run the table and win four in a row because I had not seen it all season. Now, they're halfway there after two wins. I don't care what style they won. I don't care if it was ugly. I don't care if it was defensive heavy. I don't care if it was the run game. I don't care how they won, but they're halfway there. So, as of right now, I stand corrected, and I'm okay with that. I have no problem with that. That's kind of the nature of this show and how I roll. If uh, if I'm proven wrong, I'll be the one first one to come out and say that I'm proven wrong. So, so far, the silver and black are halfway there, two down, two to go, and this one coming up is going to be a tough one. But every game is going to be a tough one regardless. If they go and win the next two and get into the playoffs, guess what? The next game is going to be a tough one. Every single game is going to be tough from here on out, but you got to give the Raiders a lot of credit for being able to do what they did against the Broncos at Allegiant Stadium, get a victory in front of their home fans. And, yeah, there was a lot of Bronco fans there. There was a lot of Orange there, but I'll tell you what, I didn't hear them that much. They didn't have a lot to celebrate. (laughs) Not a lot of celebration at all from the Bronco fans, and you really couldn't hear how Allegiant Stadium could get cooking and get roaring when the Raiders are doing something on the field to give them reason to cheer. And if they do something terrible, like what happened before the half, give them reason to boo. And they did. And I didn't blame them for booing as the team was leaving the field. I know some fans aren't, aren't fans of that. They don't want you to boo your home team. But what happened in that last five minutes, I think that the Raiders would boo themselves too. I think they looked at themselves and said, what in the hell was that? But to their credit, they were able to come back and get it done. So here we are on a Monday talking about a victory and the Raiders improving to eight and seven on the season so we'll have a lot of conversation about people who stood out throughout the 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 show talk about what the Raiders can do and how they start to prepare for the Indianapolis Colts I want to give you a quick update real quick on who's coming up on the show because our first guest will join us in a matter of minutes and it's funny uh, as much as I'm going to talk about this victory I also like to talk about other subjects here on the show as well And, and and obviously still sports related but uh, very excited to talk to our first guest. That's Zachariah Branch, Bishop Gorman wide receiver. And on, as of Friday, Christmas Eve, USC commits. So he'll be joining his brother Zion, who is a safety who's going to USC, class of 2022. Zachariah is class of 2023. And Branch, yes, if that name all of a sudden rings a bell and you say, hey, that sounds familiar, yes, that is the nephew of... Cliff Branch. So, uh, shout out to uh, Zachariah Branch, USC commit. He made that uh, official like a referee's whistle on Friday, on Christmas Eve. So, uh, blessed to have him join the show in a matter of minutes to talk about his commitment, talk about how it's going to be to play with his brother again, talk about that Branch last name, and as a wide receiver, what it means to him, talk about winning a state championship at Allegiant Stadium this past year with his team, Bishop Gorman, and all that good stuff. We'll get into a really good conversation with Zachariah Branch coming up in a matter of minutes. Then at 2.30, every single, well, following every single Raider game, we always have the great Jim Plunkett on the show to break down what he saw, what he feels about the team, what he saw from all kind of different angles. And, uh, you know, usually we talk about a lot of the passing game and what Derek Carr did, but I think that everyone will agree that saw that game, witnessed that victory by the Silver and Black on Sunday, that it's going to be a conversation about the offensive line. It's going to be a conversation about the running game and the fact that they came out and they played with a little bit of what I like to call an edge in the second half of the game. Didn't know what I didn't know what they were going to come out and how they were going to act in the second half after what happened at the end of the first half. You know, actually, my son was in town. Him and his mom drove up from uh, Fresno, California. He was in Fresno for Christmas vacation, and she got a pair of tickets for the holiday, for her birthday and the holiday, to, uh, to go to the game. So they drove up yesterday morning and I saw him at halftime and that was right after that whole breakdown happened. And I, I apologize. I said, man, I'm sorry that, you know, you guys made the trip and this is what you're in for, because that was probably one of the worst five minutes of football I've seen five or six minutes, whatever it was a fumble by Josh Jacobs, that leads at to three points. And then a, 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 almost a pick six, just a really good play, honestly, by Bradley Chubb. I mean, a lot of people are going to talk bad about Derek Carr, cause that's the easy and cool thing to do for a lot of people. But, man, Bradley Chubb Chubb jumped out of Allegiant Stadium. He literally jumped out of the stadium to go and intercept that ball and take it back to damn near the house, and then the Broncos score on the next play. So the Raiders' offense gave them ten points, but to the credit, man, of the defense, they did their thing. That defense was cooking with grease. Oh, man, like I like to say, cooking with grease. That's what you saw from that defense. I did a podcast where I gave out game balls, and I, I didn't give a game ball out to Denzel Perryman. I gave it out to the defensive line for being able to slow down the run. But, man, seeing Denzel Perryman back after missing a couple games, that was huge. That was absolutely huge for the Raiders' defense. So uh, we'll get into all that kind of conversation. But uh, we'll talk to Jim Plunkett at 2.30, just about what he saw from that game, that win by the Raiders, and what they have to do to keep the thing rolling. You know, You know that every game is an elimination game, and that's how you have to treat it. So this next game is going to be on the road. They're going to Indianapolis to take on the Colts, a team that has a hell of a running back in Jonathan Taylor, not only runs the ball but catches the ball in the backfield, does a fantastic job. And a quarterback who's, in my opinion, serviceable, Carson Wentz. I don't think he's an end-all, be-all, but I don't think he's bad. I just think he's eh, he's just there. He's he's good enough. He's good enough to get it done, and they're they're playing some good ball as well. So it's going to be a tough game, but we'll talk to Jim Plunkett at 2.30. And then 3 p.m., we have Ed Graney from ESPN. Vegas and the Las Vegas Review Journal, he joins us each and every week, he was in the press box with us, and uh, he, get his thoughts on what he saw from the Raiders, what he saw especially in the second half from the Raiders, saw that fight, that anger, that energy that we talk about all the time, come out and play with your hair on fire, that offensive line in the second half, play with their hair on fire. That's That 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 offensive line in the second half, in my opinion, just my opinion, reminded me of a game that I talked about not too long ago against the Denver Broncos that happened in Oakland. And this is when Donald Penn was the starting left tackle and, and Rodney Hudson was still there, Gabe Jackson was still there. Uh, I believe Colegio Osemele was the left guard. And I couldn't tell you who played right tackle because it was always a turnstile at that position. But the Raiders ran the ball against the Denver Broncos on Sunday Night Football and they ran it straight. I think I think Tatray, I think Latavius Murray was still the running back. And they just ran it just about every single play. And everybody knew what was coming. And and Donald Penn even said after the game, we called the same play. We called the same play. They just couldn't stop it. It was almost like a Madden game. Shout out to everyone who watched all Madden, by the way, (laughs) On, uh, on Christmas Day. That's another conversation we'll get to at some point in the show. But it was almost like a Madden game where they called the same play. Play after play after play. And the Broncos couldn't stop it. Now, it wasn't that extreme on Sunday. But that offensive line put their will on the Broncos. And shout-out to Greg Olson. He catches a lot of hell from some of the play calling because it's so conservative and it's so predictable. But that last play that Derek Carr and, and uh, Foster Moreau hooked up on, that third and two where everyone in the building believed that they were going to run the ball and try to pick up the two yards and salt away the victory, and Carr hits him with a little pop pass, everybody was, was thinking run. The whole Bronco defense sucked up to stop the run, and that's when you get him. And Carr threw that little pop pass to Moreau, and Moreau made sure he did everything to secure it and get down to about the 37-yard line of the Broncos. But it didn't matter where he was at. It got down to the two-minute warning. There was no time left on the clock or no no timeouts left for Denver, and they won that. So shout-out to Ole. That was a hell of a play call. That was, that was one of those not, you know, we're going we're gonna to try to do what we want to do. No, they took it. You know what we say? Take what you want. Not what the defense gives you. They took what they want. We're going to win this game. We're going to win it on this play right here. And to their credit, that's exactly what they did. What would you say, DeMond? I'm sorry. Okay, thank you so much. DeMond Cotton in the home studio. We'll hear from him as he was in attendance at the game as well. But another young man that was at the game, Zachariah Branch from Bishop Gorman, wide receiver and USC Commit. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. And you made the commitment oh, yes, official. Sir. You made the commitment official on Friday, on Christmas Eve, that you're committing to USC. Uh, what did it yeah, feel sure. like to make that thing official? Man, I mean, I was just very happy. I
2: mean, I felt like it was the perfect time uh, to make that decision. I talked it over with my family. And um, just after, after committing, I felt like there was a whole bunch of weight lifted off my shoulders, and I'm just definitely excited to start building this class up.
1: Right, no doubt about it. And the thing is, you're a 2023 commit, so you have another year of, of high school to play in. Is it is right. it a, a relief where you could just go out there now and concentrate on school and ball and not have to worry about talking to coaches and commitments and all that stuff?
2: Oh, yeah, it definitely is a relief. I feel like um, just, getting a, just getting, getting a chance to commit early, I feel like I don't have to waste any other coaches' time because I feel like I already knew where I wanted to be, and I didn't want to just prolong the process and make coaches think I was going to be interested in their school when I really wasn't. So, I mean, I feel like it was definitely the perfect time, and I'm glad that I get to finally just focus on football, school, and not have to worry about the uh, other things that come with recruiting as well.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome, and really commendable as well. Don't lead other teams on, other programs right. on, other coaches. On. That's awesome. That, that really is and, and clearly shows that you have a good head on your shoulders. What did it mean to you to be able to go to USC, and now you're playing for Lincoln Riley? Right. Oh, yeah, no, I
2: definitely was excited. I mean, USC was always a dream school growing up, um, I mean, just the atmosphere over there in California. I have family in California, so it's going to be real exciting just to have my grandmother my grandparents just coming out there to be able to support me and watch me uh, play at this level in the collegiate level. And to do it with my brother is definitely one of the most important things, and I'm definitely blessed and excited to say that I'm going to be playing with him uh, from youth, high school, and all the way to college. And then with Lincoln Riley, when he had to transition to uh, USC, I was definitely excited. I mean, the academics is always strong. That's definitely one of the reasons why I chose USC. And then when Lincoln Riley came over, it definitely gave me another reason uh, to pick USC.
1: Talking right now with Zachariah Branch, wide receiver for Bishop Gorman and USC Commit here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And you mentioned your brother Zion. He's a safety. He's a 2022 Commit. You play with him every step of the way, like you just mentioned. What does right. it mean to be able to play with your brother?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it means the world to me. I mean, me and him have a bond. I feel like it's too strong for us to be broken, you know. Um, it's going to be hard for me to leave him this first year when he's in, in uh, college <laughs> and I'm still in high school, but I just can't wait to get out there with him and cherish these moments and, you know, just experience the whole college experience with him as well.
1: Yeah, I, I bet. I can only imagine how much fun that's going to be. And you had offers. I mean, your offer list was long. Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, just name a few. What oh, is yeah. it like when you're getting schools like that, big-time programs to, to hit you up and say, hey, we want you to come play for us?
2: Oh yeah, no, it definitely does um definitely does help you and you know, it just makes you really excited to know that programs would invest in you and definitely believe that you can be a benefit and help their program out. So I mean it definitely does boost your confidence a little bit and it just helps you know that your hard work is paying off and it pushes me to keep working harder.
1: Yeah, well, it really is, man. We're really proud of you. We're proud of you and your brother, just everything you guys have been able to do and accomplish. And one of your accomplishments this past year is you uh, won a state championship for Bishop Gorman, and you guys did it in Allegiant oh, Stadium. Yeah. How cool was that to win a championship but also be playing on the big stage at Allegiant?
2: Oh, yeah, no, it definitely was. It definitely was really exciting to get out there and play in the Ranger Stadium. I mean, our first step split uh, in the stadium actually playing because, you know, I bought season tickets for the for the uh, season this year, so I, I've been able to watch. But actually playing in that stadium, it was definitely a great experience, and uh, I'm glad to do it with my teammates and finish out with the win in the state championship.
1: Right, no no doubt about it. And it, that's got to be on the list, right? That's got to be on the goals list to get back to Allegiant Stadium this uh this next year, your senior year, right?
2: Oh, yes, no, definitely. We're going we gonna to fulfill those, those uh, dreams and definitely take back the state championship again. Back I heard that.
1: I heard that. Right now, we're talking with Zachariah Branch here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. My man, Damon, had a question he wanted to ask you.
2: Yeah, Zachariah. Right. At, at Bishop Gorman, your dad is also the track coach. And I see that you got a, an offer from USC to also run track. Do you think you might also do both at USC? Oh, yes, uh, definitely. We went up on a visit from my brother's official uh, not too long ago. I actually got to sit down with Coach Carmelita Jeter and Coach Quincy Watts. So. We discussed uh, how it'd be for me to track for to run track at USC, and that definitely is a goal because I want to be in the Olympics one day as well. So uh, they definitely were 100% uh, supportive of me running track at USC, and that definitely is the goal. And we got a few more dudes coming coming soon, so stay tuned.
1: Nice, nice. What gives you a, a bigger rush? Catching a touchdown pass or or winning a winning a track meet? A track meet.
2: Man, shoot. It'll be
1: 50-50 because I got a few stories. So in
2: track, <laughs> in track when I went to BYU, when I had ran the 10.33, I was really excited because I came across the finish line. It was like one of the top dudes out there in Utah. And they were like pumping them up and stuff like that. When I seen the time come across the board, I got super pumped. Like I was at a football game. I was like, let's go. I was super pumped up. And then when I – I feel like when I score a touchdown, it's normal to me now. Right. But in track, when I did that, I didn't know I didn't know I was capable of. That's so i would say track right
1: now okay okay and nothing wrong with that man hey i'll tell you what you're getting me pumped up right now i want to go outside and run and do something but i might i might pull a hammy (laughs) or something you know (laughs) i might not be worth nothing the rest of the show if i try to do that but uh this is (laughs) this is fun talking to you now With your last name, Branch, I mean, what comes with that, especially with Raider Nation, we're on Raider Nation Radio 920. Everyone is familiar with your uncle, Cliff Branch, and you're a wide receiver uh, similar to Cliff. You got speed just like Cliff. What does that mean to you to go ahead and and wear that last name on the back of your jersey?
2: Oh, yeah, it definitely does mean a lot. I mean, just represent that Branch last name and continue on the legacy that it already carries. I mean, that definitely does mean a lot. I just try to represent my family name and carry it on the best I can possibly every day. And um, Cliff Branch, I always say that if Cliff Branch doesn't get inducted to the Hall of Fame, I'll definitely fulfill those legacies for him. And hopefully, hopefully, he gets inducted. But if he does, it's gonna be two or three branches in the Hall of Fame. Me and my brother. I
1: if heard man. that. Yes, sir. Yes, I'm. I'm saluting you. I know you can't see me, but I am saluting you right now. That's a great answer. And you know what? It's a. It's tragic that he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but he's Hall right. of Fame talent. We know he's Hall of oh, Fame yeah. talent and he deserves to be in there sooner rather than later. Should have been in there a long time ago. Man, I'm telling you. But uh, that's awesome. That is a a great answer. So you mentioned being a season ticket holder to the Raiders. I know you were at Allegiant Stadium yesterday. You saw the victory. Uh, What has it been like being able to be at the games and check them out each and every uh, every time they're at home and and see that victory yesterday?
2: Oh, yeah, no, it definitely is exciting, you know, just to see uh, now my hometown team just coming out with a win. I mean, it definitely is exciting just to see uh, watching the games and, putting myself in that point of view. I definitely could see myself playing in that type of stadium and that type of atmosphere one day. It was definitely cool to watch it from a fan's point of view before I get to that point one day. And people going to be watching me.
1: Nice. I love it. I love it. My man Demond back in the home studio got another one for you. Go ahead, Demond.
2: Yeah, you told us the story about when you were at BYU and you were in that 10-3 and you were talking about how they were hyping up some other guy. Has there ever been a story like that, football? Because I know, Gorman, you guys are the best team, one of the best teams in the country. Have you guys ever had to, like, play someone that's like, oh, this DB going to lock you up and you have to show them what's up? Uh, We haven't had that yet. I feel like I haven't had nobody to challenge me yet, but we were supposed to play in the Dyko Bowl not too long ago. We were supposed to play Travis Hunter. He's, like, supposed to be one of the best players in the country I definitely was looking forward to that matchup, but unfortunately it didn't happen. But that, was, that would have been the one to watch right there.
1: Nice. I love it. I love it. And, you know, a lot of games didn't happen. A lot of seasons didn't happen with COVID-19 and everything. How how much of a blessing is it for you just to be able to get back onto the field and play football games?
2: Oh, yeah, no, it definitely is a blessing just to cherish the moments that we have. I mean, I feel like you never know when it could be your last moment. So when you're out there, you definitely got to take advantage of all the opportunities that you have. I'm glad that we got to do it with, with the guys that we had this year on our team. They're definitely some special guys that we have on the team we built upon as a
1: unit. And uh, definitely blessed to say that. Absolutely. Well, Zachariah, we do appreciate your uh, your time this afternoon. Again, congratulations on committing to USC and still having a, a year to play appreciate ball and, and hang out with your teammates and everything, really focus on what you're doing. You're doing a fantastic job. Yeah. We're going to continue to monitor how you do. And, uh, and good luck in everything that you do, my man.
2: Thank you. Appreciate you guys having me.
1: Absolutely. There he goes. Fantastic way to start the show right there. Zachariah Branch. Oh, man. Bishop Gorman wide receiver. USC commit. Got plenty of confidence. I love it. And he said, if Cliff don't get in the hall, then I'm going to get in the hall for him. And then there's going to be three branches in there. Him, his brother Zion, and his uncle Chris. Uh, Uncle Cliff, excuse me. I'm also I'm so fired up. I'm talking about Chris. I'm talking about this guy, that guy, and the other man. I'm so fired up after that interview. But good stuff with Zachariah Branch, and good luck to him and Bishop Gorman this upcoming year as they just took home a state title at Allegiant Stadium that we did our show from. We did it from there and uh saw, saw that first cl- at firsthand, up close and personal. 2:18 is the time. We're live at the Underground Lounge inside the OYO Hotel and Casino. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.
0: Like I said last week, everybody's trying to plan my future and plan everybody else's future in our building, but I don't think we're done yet. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. 2.23 is
1: the time. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We're live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday for Monday Night Football. We encourage you to come on by, get some of the great drink specials, great food specials, get in out of the cold. It's all windy outside, man. It's windy and cold, and I'm not built for the cold. I'm just not. not that guy. So call me what you want. I know some people will text and say, hey, it's not that cold. It is to me. <laughs> it is to me. I'm not a fan of it. But uh, come on in and, and hang out and, and enjoy the 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 facilities and, and everything they have here with all the TVs and all the action that you'll be able to see. Again, uh, Miami Dolphins and the New Orleans Saints will be squaring off to close out. Week 16 of the NFL season for Monday Night Football. Just saw this tweet from Paul Gutierrez, and many people have hit me up today uh, asking me about this, but Paul Gutierrez at ESPN said, uh, expecting a number of defensive Raiders to go on COVID list today. And then Vinny Bonsignor, our own Vinny Bonsignor from In the Huddle, on Radio Nation Radio 920, said, uh, Raiders have COVID-19 news coming soon. So something to look out for. Um, that C word keeps creeping up, and, It's affecting every single game, and it stinks. I hate that that is a a factor in these games, but they are. So who knows what's going to happen? Who knows who's going to be in, who's going to be out? I will say when we were talking to Rich Bisacci around 1 o'clock this afternoon, um, he was asked, I believe Vinny asked him about if he has any more guys going on the COVID-19 list because on on Sunday morning they lost Marcus Mariota and uh, Brian Edwards. And so that was really a lot of our questions that we had was about COVID-19. And... Coach Passaccia at the time didn't really have an update. He said, you'll probably find out something in about an hour or so when I get the the results after everybody tested. So it didn't sound positive at that time. It kind of gave me that feeling like, yeah, there's going to be some guys hit that list, and why wouldn't they? Because it's, it's popping all across the league and all the leagues. You know, I'm talking NHL. I'm talking football. I'm talking college baseball, basketball, uh, not baseball, but college. I mean, all kind of college sports are being affected. Just – It's all bad. Uh, Vinny just tweeted out as well. Keep in mind, current COVID-19 testing in NFL includes unvaccinated players every day and vaccinated players displaying symptoms or those who are part of a designated target group. So just something to keep in mind when it comes to the COVID-19 and their testing. So here we go again. You know, it it looks like this could be – oh, yeah, here it goes. And the Raiders just tweeted out. How about this? We've placed cornerback Casey Hayward, linebacker Corey Littleton – Linebacker Patrick Owasu, linebacker Denzel Perryman, defensive tackle Darius Phylon, and linebacker K.J. Wright on the reserve COVID-19 list. Yeah, I would say that's a lot as I look at Danny, and Danny's got his mouth wide open. That is a lot. And those are some players. Those are some players. Casey Hayward, starter. Corey Littleton, Player. Patrick Owusu, really a special teams guy. Denzel Perryman, heavy hitter. I just started the show talking about Denzel Perryman and how important he is to that Raiders defense. Defensive tackle Darius Philon had a hell of a game on Sunday. And linebacker K.J. Wright might not play all the time, but he was going to be a guy that they were going to lean on and a guy that is going to, uh, you know, g- is going to help stop the run. And, well, this is a game coming up that it's going to be a lot of the run game. So that's a lot of guys right there. That is a lot of players. And it's Monday. It is Monday. Now, don't get me wrong, the Colts look like they have theirs as well, but that is a lot. Hold on, my man Danny's got he's got a little input. What's up, Danny?
2: But I will say it's better that I can't hear you. It's you better that they test positive today yeah. than testing positive later in the week. Yeah. Because it still gives them six days to get ready for the game.
1: Right. No, it does. It gives them time to come back. That's a great point. But man, that's not a good start to the week, you know, because if that's what's testing positive right now, what happens if something happens on Wednesday? or Thursday or like this last week on Sunday you know this is two weeks in a row they've lost someone Sunday morning before the game or or people that's that's big time right there that is a lot to that defense that was outstanding wow i mean we're we're getting this in real time so i'm just kind of trying to soak it all in that takes all the warm and fuzzy feelings away right i mean <laughs> I came in here preparing to talk about the defense and the great job they did and, you know, how, how uh, Coach Passaccia didn't have a word that he could actually put on the defensive performance. He said, I, haven't even, I don't even have a word for it. And then he gave us about, what would you say, Damon, about three or four good, good words for what the defense did. About and you five see, or six. Yeah, and he was fired up, you know. So I, I wanted to hear from you, Raider Nation, and it was actually one of the topics that I was going to ask about. You know, what are your thoughts on, on what the defense did, if you could put it in a word or two. You know, give it to me. And now half the guys that did it on Sunday are, are on the COVID-19 list. So I guess you can still chime in with that if you'd like. I also was going to ask about game balls, so you wanted to give game balls out to. But I bet you a couple of the guys that you were going to give game balls to are now on the COVID-19 reserve list. So it's not, a great, it's not a great victory Monday as far as that kind of news goes. But it's what every team in the league has to deal with. And every team in the league is – has an opportunity to ha- have a bunch of guys go out. Like I said, the, the Colts have plenty of guys that are going in and out. I think they're up to, what, 12 or 13? I don't know officially the number, but I think they're up to, like, 12 or 13. Man. Matter of fact, today, the uh, COVID issues for the Colts, uh, safety Jaleel Adai, cornerback TJ Carey, former Raider, linebacker Malik Jefferson, running back Marlon Mack, and tackle Braden Smith were all put on the COVID list for the Colts. And they already had other guys on the list from uh, last week. So uh, every team is being affected, and it's not good. So there you you go. That is the latest and the greatest when it comes to COVID-19, how it's affecting the Raiders. Now it's time, as we have each and every week, we have our guy Jim Plunkett, the two-time Super Bowl champ, with us to break down what he saw what he's feeling, what he's hearing. Uh, the Raiders winning another game. And, Jim, thank you so much for your time. And I know as a quarterback you have no problem throwing the ball around the yard a whole lot to get it done, but that wasn't needed on Sunday. The Raiders really, in the second half in particular, got that running game going. That offensive line really started to manhandle the, the Broncos' defense. What did you see from the run game, especially in the second half of that game?
3: Well, you know, the run game, all i most attempted is relied upon on that offensive line, and they were doing a heck of a job opening the holes up. For Josh Jacobs to be able to pick up, uh, you know, all that, all those yards in that game, and uh, it was quite impressive. And uh, it was fun to watch the Raiders, you know, be able to run the ball that way. And it gave, uh, uh, I've I'm, I'm, I'm lost in thought here, but uh, uh, God, it was fun to watch. Anyway, being able to run yeah. the ball the way they did, excuse me for that lapse right there. And uh, uh, they did a good job in keeping the ball away from the Denver Broncos uh, because of that running game.
1: Yeah, no, it, it really was. It was very effective, and especially in the second half. And, and, you know, one thing I wanted to point out was that last drive where the Raiders had about three minutes, they got the ball back, and they didn't give it back. And how important is that to know that, hey, we're not going to give this ball back. We're going to rely on our closer, Josh Jacobs, and then Ole calls a great play, a little pop pass, and, uh, and they close it out. But to be able to have that ability to not give the ball back when everyone in the stadium knows you're going to run the ball.
3: You know, and that, you know, that's key in, in, uh, in a lot of the victories that occurred during the course of the season, being able to maintain possession of the ball, keep the ball away from the, the opposing team and not give them the opportunity to, to put points on the board. And, and that's very key in any game you play, especially in a tight ball game the way this one was
1: yeah it really was and it was it was fun to witness and just them put their will on it like i said the offensive line really put their will on the defensive uh the defensive line for the denver broncos now right before half the raiders had about five minutes of probably the worst football that they've ever played you know it just they had a fumble that resulted in three points and then Derek cars the interception on screen pass that was really a great play by bradley chubb and it results in you know so 10 points they they really gift them when you go into the locker room after something like that what is, the, what, what is the conversation like where you're just trying to clear that and get your mind right and get back out there for the second half?
3: Well, I think, you know, uh, you know, the fumble, you know, you get mad at yourself, uh, as I'm sure he did, and, and uh, Derek Carr was upset about the interception. You know, and, uh, and they take it to heart, and, you know, they, talk, they think about it, they talk about it, and they re- resolve not to make those mistakes back in the second half, and that's what they were able to do, and it, uh, it, it really shows the kind of players they are when, they, you know, they can – overcome obstacles like they did and and not make those same mistakes again in the game.
1: Yeah, and, and it, it felt like to me that they came out and they really played with a purpose in that second half and almost played a little bit angry. Did you get that same sense?
3: Yeah, I, I felt the same way, the way they were able to rush that football uh, down the throats of, of Denver, uh, which is very difficult to do. Uh, Denver stops to run very well. Uh, and maintain possession of the ball as long as they did and keep it out of the uh, Denver Broncos' hands. You and, and, uh, know, that's key, in the, uh, especially in this uh, particular victory, as tight as it was, as close as it was, and having to come from behind as well. Really, uh, I think, said a lot about the Raiders' uh, resolve
1: Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Derek Carr he was able to hit seven different receivers. Seven different guys caught passes from Derek Carr. When you're able to spread the ball around like that, especially when you're missing a guy like Darren Waller, and then Brian Edwards he went out before the game even started uh, because of COVID nineteen. When you're able to spread that ball around like that, and kind of, does that kind of keep the defense on their heels and not really know what to expect?
3: Well, yeah, I think it does, especially with the defensive backs. You know who they're going who, who's uh, Derek Carr going to throw the ball to next? And you know, and a lot of that comes with the protection that uh, Derek Carr is giving. But yeah, spreading the ball out, I think, really helps uh, the quarterback and the offense move the ball down the field. They don't know who to double cover uh, uh, on any single uh, play uh, during the course of a drive, and that really you know gets them on their heels, and, and they're afraid for uh, some of those guys to run by them, so they back off a little bit. And, uh, you know, Derek Carr really made things happen, throwing the football, sprinting around the way he did. And he had a very good game and kept uh, the Broncos off balance.
1: What did you think of Derek Carr getting Deshaun Jackson involved early? And it almost it felt like he was trying to not force-feed the ball to him, but get it to him early just so he can stay engaged throughout the course of the game.
3: Yeah, and I think that that's true of a lot of quarterbacks, and Derek Carr in particular uh, make him feel a part of the football team, we get him the ball as you mentioned early and often, and uh, you know, and he responded extremely well. and he had a very good game. And, and, and as I said, he became a very big threat out there during the course of the ball game.
1: Zay Jones, he's another wide receiver that, in my opinion, has been getting more targets. He's been making more catches. and feeling like he has more of an impact the last handful of games. What have you seen from Zay
3: Jones? Well, I think he's improving uh, game after game, uh, getting the ball thrown to him. Uh, I think it's given him more confidence to go out there and do his job and get open and, and you know, just hopefully the ball is thrown his way. And, and when it is, you know, he makes those receptions. So, you know, it, it, I think Derek Carr is helping him gain that confidence by, by feeding him the ball a little bit more.
1: Yeah and and Derek he he trusts him. I mean, you could tell that he trusts A. Jones. He said it from day one that he trusts him a lot, and that relationship that they have. And it, to me, it's, it feels like it's starting to pay off. Um, another guy, another guy who gets open is all the time, and and has a great relationship with Derek Carr is Hunter Renfro. He has over ninety catches now on the season, and that goes as far as wide receivers: Jerry Rice and Tim Brown and Hunter Renfro. And that's the list of ninety catch uh, uh, wide receivers for the Silver and Black. What does that mean to have a guy as reliable as Hunter Renfro? Well,
3: yeah, Hunter Renfro, you know, probably has the Best hands on the team, obviously, and uh, you know, and he finds a way to get open. Uh, uh, he's the kind of the guy that's kind of fools you with his speed, he gets on top of you quick, uh, and they don't expect that the defensive uh, uh, cover guy. And all of a sudden, he's by him, or he makes a great cut, and he gives himself separation between him and the defender. And that gives him the ability to get open uh, because of the way he can, he can cut and stop on a dime. And, and Derek Carr has complete confidence in him, even if he's well covered. Sometimes Derek will go to him, you know, hoping that and, and thinking that uh, uh, Hunter is going to come up with a football, and he, uh, more often than not he does.
1: He really does. He has great hands, like you mentioned. Had a couple tough catches that he made on Sunday, but he came down and, and caught them, and they were big-time plays for the Raiders. How, how, how much comfort does that give you as a quarterback when you know you have a Hunter Renfro out there that can do what he does?
3: Oh, yeah, you know, complete confidence. Uh, you know, my guy was, uh, when I played for the Raiders, Bobby Chandler had the best hands. Cliff Branch was the game-breaker, but Bobby Chandler, you put the ball anywhere near him and you've got the confidence that he's going to catch the ball. He's going to make the tough catches uh, that, uh, you know, other receivers can't make during the course of a ball game. And so even when you're in trouble and the guy's well-covered, sometimes you take the chance and go to him, and that's exactly what uh, Derek Carr does with Hunter Renfro.
1: Jim Plunkett is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, the, the team needed to win four in a row. They needed to, the win out to, to make it to the playoffs. They're halfway there. They've won two in a row. Uh, how difficult is it just to take it one game at a time when you know what the end result that you're trying to achieve?
3: Well, you know, they, they know the situation they're in. Uh, they've got, uh, I think, their confidence is building. Uh, you know, it was a tough ball game. There's no question about it. Against Denver, uh, you know, a, a, a divisional pro uh, uh Opponent. Right. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be professional. They're going to go about their game. They know they have to win the next game. So their complete focus and concentration is, is going to be uh, on the upcoming game. And they've got a tough one against the Colts. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, they can prevail. They've been some very, very good football teams this year. And, um, you know, hopefully all their focus and attention right now is on the Colts.
1: It has to be. It has to be. And you're right. They've, they've not played any or they've not lo- beat anybody that was a, a, a bad team. I mean, they're, they're beating teams that are still in the mix. So uh, they're, they're doing a really good job as far as that's concerned. And, and, and Jim, they've had, I mean, just a roller coaster of a season. There's been all kind of things that have happened. We don't have to go through everything. But I mean, what have you learned about this team? Just where they are right now on December 27th and they're eight and seven and they're still they're very well in the mix of the of the playoff conversation.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I, I you, know, you talk about resilience. I think they've been able to b- bounce back from some losses. Uh, you know, they've uh, you know started off slowly gained some. I mean, started off quickly, gained, had a few losses in thrown in the mix, but have been able to bounce back. But you look around the league, you know, everybody except for a few teams are struggling. You know, they're eight and seven, seven and eight, uh, eight and six. Uh, you know, it's, it's all. It's all. I think a lot of these games in uh, playoff. Positions are going to come right down to the wire in the end of it all.
1: I, I think you're right. I mean, really, and it would be so great if the Raiders can push it all the way to the final game of the season at home uh, against the Chargers. Uh, either you win and you're in, or you, you lose and you go home. That would yeah, be pretty uh, much
3: the. That's pretty <laughs> much the case, uh, especially this year with the way uh, the league is is really uh, coming to an end. With all these teams having, or a lot of these teams having, the ability to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What did you think of the crowd there at Allegiant Stadium that was uh, supportive and loud and, and proud for the Raiders from beginning to end of that game on Sunday?
3: Oh, is, I think it's terrific, and that's the way it should be. You know, you're a root for your team. You know, sometimes uh, the bad things happen, but uh, you got to stick with them. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Raiders were able to come from behind, uh, did a great job, moving the ball down the field when they had to, and uh, the kicking game was great. Uh, so they have a lot of things going for them going into these last two games.
1: Now they they really do, and of course they're dealing with some COVID nineteen issues that we just found out about. But it's just another hurdle that they're going to have to try to overcome. And before we let you go, Jim, I know we always usually talk offense, but what'd you think of that defensive performance and only holding the Broncos to eighteen yards rushing overall?
3: Yeah, I thought that was terrific. Uh, a great job defensively, held them to only thirteen points, uh, and they've been moving the ball and scoring. You know, a number of points. Is- especially in the last few games, and you know, they did a great job. And, you know, as they always say, you don't win without defense, but you also have to put points on the board. That's from my perspective. Right. But, uh, uh, you know, they certainly played a, a one heck of a game against the Broncos.
1: You know, when a defense is cooking the way that they were, how much more comfortable can you be as a, as a quarterback or an offense and say, hey, we don't have to panic and push, you know, and try to do too much, just go ahead and play our game because we feel like our defense is going to have our back?
3: Uh, You know, as an offensive player and a quarterback in particular, you know, you have confidence that when your defense is playing that way, offensively you don't have to take too many chances. You can pick and choose on what you want to do in a lot of situations because you know your defense is going to get the ball back for you. And that's a great feeling if you're an offensive player.
1: Yeah, well, it worked yesterday for the for the Raiders, and now they are 8-7 sure on the season and on their way to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Well, Jim, thank you so much for your time, as you always give us each and every week. Uh, we look forward to talking to you next week, and hopefully we're talking about a three-game winning streak with the Raiders. Oh,
3: absolutely. Looking forward to it, and go Raiders. Thank you.
1: Right, thank you so much. The great Jim Plunkett right there, two-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, Heisman Trophy winner, and he joins us here each and every following, well, every every day following, a Raiders game, so uh, many thanks to him uh, for giving us his time. 241 is the time when we come back. Want to get your thoughts? What do you think? All those guys that I mentioned, Casey Hayward, Corey Littleton, Patrick Owasu, Denzel Perryman, Darius Filon, K.J. Wright, have all been added to the reserve COVID-19 list. Raider Nation, holler at me. Let me know your thoughts. 702-365-9200, and, of course, the Salmonash text line, 69187, keyword RNR. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: It's unnecessary roughness. The
1: judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now.
0: That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the
3: work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 2.46 is the time.
1: We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Already started off the show fantastic. Telling you. I done gave a couple fist bumps already. We started off the show at 2.10 talking with Zachariah Branch, Bishop Gorman wide receiver and USC Commit. Also the nephew of the late great Cliff Branch. Matter of fact, got a text from Raider J in Sacramento on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. Look forward to the Branch brothers in a Raiders uniform in the future. Great interview. I was thinking that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say that to him, but I was thinking it when he was talking about the Hall of Fame and talking about playing at Legion Stadium. I don't want to put too much on. I'm not that guy. You know, I'm not that one where a guy in high school, even though I see a lot of talent, go, oh, okay, you're, you're going to be in the league, whatever. Because there's so I mean, look, there's so much that you've got to. You've got to do. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good when it comes to those kind of situations. But I did think it, not going to lie. So shout out to Raider J right there. And I did like that interview. If you missed it, man, LVSportsNetwork.com. Make sure you go check it out. You want to talk about a confident young man, and I don't mean in a cocky way, just a a young man that clearly has his head on straight. He's clearly had some really good home training, which, side note, everyone doesn't have. (laughs) I mean, really, everyone doesn't have it, and he does. So, heck of a young man, so I was very blessed to have him on the show at two ten, Zachariah Branch, him and his brother Zion, will both be attending USC playing for Lincoln Riley. And we just wrapped up with Jim Plunkett, the two-time Super Bowl champ, talking about what he saw from the Raiders on Sunday and their victory over the, the Denver Broncos, improving to 8-7 and seven on the season. Still coming up, 3 o'clock, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and also the Review Journal. He'll join the show and talk about what he saw from the team. Talk about the latest one, this COVID-19 list that they have. I rolled off the names before I went to break. Actually, I rolled off the names a couple times. It is a laundry list. But if you're just tuning in, cornerback Casey Hayward, linebacker Corey Littleton, linebacker Patrick Owasu, linebacker Denzel Perriman, defensive tackle Darius Philon, and linebacker K.J. Wright have all been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list for the silver and black. A lot of standout and key defensive players. On that list, like the whole linebacking room and a corner and a defensive lineman, defensive tackle. So, again, it's Monday. They can still play. It doesn't mean that they're out for Sunday. Let's not get that twisted. But it's just something that you hope that they can avoid as much as possible, and they've done really well all season long. But right now the floodgates are open. Matter of fact, in the commercial break, just got an email from the NFL saying that all media, that's me, all media must have our booster shots by January 12th. So, even even the NFL is making sure, hey, you know what, this is starting to get a little bit out of control. We're going to have to go and take another step. So, you know, earlier today we interviewed Rich Passaccia. We had him in the media session. It was virtual. A lot of teams have gone to it all the way virtual, everything. The Raiders have not, but today it was virtual with uh, head coach Rich Passaccia. So, teams are trying to stay as healthy as possible, as COVID-free as possible, and it's not it's not easy to avoid, obviously. So... Just the latest and the greatest when it comes to that. I had a couple texts that I want to get to on the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword RNR Vegas Pete. I'm glad we ran the ball yesterday because Shelby Harris was in the backfield so much when we threw it. It looked like he was wearing a Raiders uniform again. Every time Carr is slow getting up, I hold my breath. Carr's been playing hurt, so I give him a game ball. Jacobs and the entire defense, Bradley has those boys making big plays. I agree 100%. And yeah, you don't want Derek Carr to get up slow. And it's so funny because regardless of how you feel about him, we have people that will call in and, and be wishing that he was gone three years ago. But I tell you what, during the game, when he goes down and four don't get up right away, everyone holds their breath. Like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. You even hear it on the broadcast, and Derek Carr is, is hurt. You hear that, and everyone holds their breath until he gets up. Because you know, as, as well as that run game went, as well as, you know, the offensive line was blocking for the, you know, run blocking, if four goes down, you're in trouble. Marcus Mariota was out yesterday. COVID-19 reserve list. He still is out on the list. Nate Peterman was going to be your backup. So, regardless of how you feel about the guy, you do not want him to get injured. Promise you that. Uh, got a text from the 806, and I wish that th- this uh, texter had left their name so I can give them proper credit. Sup, Q? I was that dude who called my shot about going 4-0 to end the season. I just want to point out our run game and defense are peaking in January. That's exactly what you want. Absolutely, you're right. And that's why I started off the show trying to give you props. But uh, hit me back, man. I want to make sure I give, put your name out there, man. I do appreciate the text. And so far I've been proven wrong. And I was very confident that, hey, they lose that game against Kansas City, they're not going to run the table. And look, they're not there yet. They're halfway there. But as, as he said on the text, the run game is starting to improve. Looked really good on Sunday offensive line is run blocking really well. The defense, ever since the uh, the, the bye week, I can say this, their rush defense has been a lot better, a lot better, and that's going to go a long way, especially, like you said, in January. So, yeah, I appreciate you, no doubt about that. Um, And, hey, again, like I said, I have no problem coming out and saying I'm wrong. I'm not that guy that will try to change up my words and switch them up and act like I was right the whole time. I, I don't have a problem being wrong. So thank you for that text. I uh, got a text from uh, Raider Ritchie from Arizona, and then we'll hit the phone line. As far as the COVID situation, bring it. Raiders have been through a lot this year; only shows the heart of this team. Raider Ritchie from Arizona. That's fair, but I'll tell you, as much as you know, you always want to say next man up. Those dudes that are on that list right now, those are some players. I mean, think about Casey Hayward alone. Just, just take Casey Hayward. Think about how vital and important he's been this year. Now, I know that there's been a revolving door at the other cornerback position. Started out with Trayvon Mullen. What did you have out there for a little while? I mean, Nate Hobbs hasn't really played on, on the outside, outside of a training camp. But Brandon Faison is there. Keyshawn Nixon could play out there. He did play a little bit. Desmond Trufant, how about that? I didn't give him a game ball on my podcast, but I should have. Desmond Trufant, he's been playing some good ball. And he hasn't been in a major, major role so far this season with the Raiders. But you can go back to Thanksgiving. When he – came in late in the game against the Cowboys. The Cowboys were trying to drive, and they were trying to get that game-winning touchdown, and they weren't able to do it because Desmond Trufant was a major player. He knocked down a couple couple of Dax passes, a couple pass breakups, and on Sunday, he was not only getting pass breakups, had a nice deep ball that he broke up, but he was also tackling really well in space. Some corners are really good at covering and breaking up balls. Others are really good at Attacking whoever has the ball and tackling them in space, and some are good at both. And Desmond Trufon did that, did both on Sunday. Side note: When I played corner, I think more people tackled me than I tackled. <laughs> I told I told Devon the story the other day in the studio. This dude, when I played for the Fresno Pirates, man, and matter of fact, I forget who it was who called in, but he called in and said that uh, he played against the the San Francisco Islanders or whatever. It's semi-pro team, right? And semi-pro meaning you have to pay to play. So I don't know how pro you really are, but whatever. I played for it because I thought it would be fun. It's like fulfill my goals in life, you know, whatever. I learned real quick that was not a goal that I should have tried to achieve. Anyway, I'm playing corner. I'm thinking, no big deal. This dude comes running around the corner, man, and I realize it's me and him, and I got to try to tackle this big dude, and he's coming downhill, and I'm thinking about a business decision. (laughs) I just didn't have no business, so I was like, well, here goes nothing. So I tried to put my my head in there, and I think he I think he uh, I think he tackled me. But he, he hit the ground. I got credit for the tackle, but I think he did more tackling than I did. I know I got up, and I looked at the sideline. I was looking at the wrong sideline the whole time.
2: See, when you said you got ta- you got tackled more often, yeah. I was thinking that I played offense. No, I was thinking <laughs> that you know you made some good plays, got some interceptions. No, some no, no, plays.
1: no. I was not good.
2: But I mean no. if you're being tackled on defense yeah. and you're trying to make that Yeah yeah yeah. No, I wasn't good at probably probably a good, good idea you switch businesses.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. That was that was a business I would have gone bankrupt in. <laughs> no, no mistake about it. Like I tell DeMond how good I was at basketball, and I was really good at basketball. I'll smoke DeMond any day. But football, I just wasn't I wasn't that guy. There was a reason why I didn't play football. There was a reason why Mama Q said nope, we ain't gonna have you do that and she must have known that I wasn't gonna be very good. <laughs> I love you, Damon. I really do. <laughs> You're my guy. 255 is the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. We'll talk to Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Review Journal. This is Radio Nation Radio, not 20.